What's happening? A happy hump day to you and yours. Thanks for joining me as always. It is much appreciated. I have held off this entire football season and not told you whether or not I would officially pull the trigger on Bill Belichick as the head coach slash GM of the Patriots. I am going to tell you today if I would make that move. But first, here was the latest that we saw over the weekend from Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero from NFL.com and NFL Media. Kraft and Belichick still have not met to discuss the future. Until they do, there will be more questions and answers about how this plays out. And there remains a scenario where Belichick returns to New England for a 25th season. Could Kraft present a plan, including possible front office additions changes that Belichick would accept? If not, would Kraft give Belichick permission to seek a trade? And is there a match out there for Belichick who would need to find the right owner and roster situation to build things his way quickly? I know some of you might disagree with this. But I want you to hopefully listen to my case and why I'm going to make this decision if I'm Robert Kraft and what decision that would be. It is time to replace Bill Belichick. Once this game is over on Sunday, Bill Belichick's reign should be over as well. It's time. It's time to move on. It's time to find somebody else. It's time to officially replace the greatest of all time. And there's lots of reasons for it. And I would hope that at this point in this podcast, through the whole football season, you know that I will explain to you and describe to you why I believe it's time to move on from Bill Belichick. And we can disagree if you want to disagree. That's fine. But just know that I'm coming from a genuine place. I'm not throwing stuff up against the wall. It is time to move on. Now, the premise, the premise of moving on from Belichick is that he would not be willing to seize power in any way. And that's what I believe. I don't think Bill Belichick would be open to the idea of letting somebody else run the show. I don't think Belichick would be happy with the idea of having that next person pick the QB one of the future. I don't think Belichick would sit down and listen and acquiesce to a GM. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's in Belichick's best interest. Belichick's been running this program for almost a quarter of a century. I think he loves the setup that he has. I don't think that he wants less power. He wants to run it his way, which leads me to the first thing. If you try to bring in a GM, let's say Bill Belichick walks up to Kraft on Monday, Tuesday, whenever they have this postseason meeting. Let's say Belichick walks up to Kraft and says, Robert, I messed up the personnel. I screwed up badly. I picked the wrong quarterback. I messed up the offensive line, yada, yada. I am willing. I am willing to listen to somebody else. I'm willing for you to bring somebody in to be the general manager, president of football operations. The biggest issue I have with that hypothetical scenario playing out is Bill Belichick, the coach, sabotaging whoever is the new GM. And I'm not saying that Belichick would intentionally sabotage the GM. What if Belichick has a completely different football philosophy? What if Belichick doesn't believe in one of the guys that the new GM selects? What if one of those guys that the GM selects fumbles the football in the first couple of weeks and Belichick benches them? What if the GM drafts a guy and says, he is our number one receiver, and Belichick plays it slow and doesn't sit back and say, he's our wide receiver one. Let's get him the football as much as possible, as early as possible. What if head coach Belichick sabotages the new GM? 
The one thing you can't say is that the head coach is sabotaging the GM right now because it's the same person. You might be able to say the GM sabotaged the head coach. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But do we just think even if Belichick is willing to have an open mind to bring somebody else in to run the organization, to run personnel, do we actually think that Belichick, the coach, from week one to week 18 in 2024, is going to adhere to what the GM wants? The GM outlines, this is what I think our team is. This is the way we're going to succeed. What if Belichick says, this is what I think our team is. This is how I think we can succeed. That would be one of the biggest concerns I would have with the idea of just changing the structure. Don't forget, Bill Belichick has said that he wants to coach his kinds of players, his types of players. He's comfortable at this point in age and in career of coaching the kind of guys that he wants to coach. Is the GM going to bring in those kinds of guys? And how much sway would Belichick have with the new GM? What if you bring in a new GM and the new GM just ends up listening to Belichick anyway? What if the new GM respects Belichick to the point where he starts to second-guess himself or herself, wondering maybe Belichick actually has the better idea here? Maybe I need to change my viewpoint on this player. Well, Belichick's been coaching for 50 years. He might know more than I know. Will it lead to a power struggle? So those are the kinds of questions I would ask. Mike Pyle jumps in and says, I agree. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate that. I wonder, just wonder, how many of those agree? If you are Robert Kraft, I want you to weigh in in the comments. Are you letting Bill Belichick go after Sunday's game? Do you think it's time to move on from Bill Belichick? Do you think it's time to find a different voice as a head coach and as a GM? Yes or no, and tell me why in the comments. James says, Patriots without question should replace Belichick. Offensive-minded coach wanted. The Charm City player, Brandon Ace, jumps in and says, not necessarily just because you get an offensive-minded head coach doesn't mean it's going to be a success. I would agree with that. I, I've said this for a while, and of course, we'll get into names and ideas of who could replace Belichick. I just want the right guy. Now, I might want an offensive-minded head coach. I might want Gerard Mayo. I might want somebody else. But at the end of the day, as Mayo would say, just find the right guy. Nobody will care if it's a defensive coach or an offensive coach if that guy comes in and wins football games. Nobody's going to care. Nobody. Everybody just cares about winning. At least I would think. John jumps in and says, if Belichick was to stay, that wouldn't he be saying the same thing he said to RKK last year on how he screwed up the team then? I want to stick a pin in that comment by John because I do have some of the pushbacks that I've heard from people, whether it was on the radio or on TV or that I've read, whether it's people in the comment section of the podcast. I've heard some pushbacks, and I will respond to those pushbacks a little bit later on in the podcast because I have my own thoughts on that. W. Brundog says, it's time for Belichick to go. Follows that up with Vrabel. Vrabel's somebody we've talked about on this podcast. Here's what I have to ask those people that want to keep Bill Belichick. And this is a genuine question. It's not trying to grab low-hanging fruit. It's not trying to start an argument or debate radio or debate podcasting. 
This is a genuine question that I ask you because I keep going back to this before today's podcast. Before I said to myself, yes, it's absolutely 100% time to pull the trigger on Belichick and replace him. I kept asking myself the same question. Genuinely, why would you want to keep Belichick? And what I want is nothing about 2018, nothing about 2001. Since 2019, since Tom Brady left the organization in early 2020 to go to Tampa, why would you want Bill Belichick to stay? Genuinely, what has he done to you in the last four years that would make you, if you were Robert Kraft, stand by him as head coach? And, of course, GM, because I don't think he's giving power up. I would love people to answer that question without bringing up 15 years ago. I would love it. I would love for people to genuinely answer that and say, this is why. This is the tangible reason why. Again, leave the comments. If you'd like, don't forget to give us that thumbs up. More thumbs up means more eyeballs. And we're trying to drive the community here, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube or on X slash Twitter. Give us that thumbs up. That's how we get more people to watch and get involved with the comments and we grow the community. That's how we do it. It's through you. It's not through me. It's through all of you. So let's go back because, again, genuinely, I ask you, since Brady left to go to Tampa, what has Belichick done to deserve to keep this job? Let's start with Tom Brady. Belichick is the guy who made the decision to let Tom Brady walk. The owner wanted Brady to stay. Belichick made that decision. Brady wanted at least a two-year deal, not huge money. The contract that he signed with Tampa, you could have easily given him that contract. Belichick made a conscious decision to move on from Tom Brady. And not only did he make a conscious decision to move on from the GOAT, he had no backup plan. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's the truth. He had Jared Stidham as the backup plan. He then signed Cam Newton because he was afraid that Stidham was not going to be that guy. So that's the first thing I would bring up. If I'm Robert Kraft and I'm looking at this, you let the greatest of all time walk out that door. And I think some people would say that that's enough. That one decision is enough for Belichick to eventually lose his job. How about the fact since Brady left this team, the Patriots have a record of 29 and 36. It is what it is, folks. 29 and 36. Seven games under 500. Belichick, since Brady left, has won only 45% of his games. He has failed to reach 500 over a four-year sample size. And I guarantee you this. If Belichick had a player who showed the kind of decline and lack of productivity at his position that Belichick has shown the past four years, Belichick would absolutely, no doubt, surefire, unequivocally, show that player the door. Get out. That's what would happen, whether it's a trade or just a release. Belichick has done it to countless players, and he should have. Because once you're not producing, once you're not doing a good job, you are in... in in a huge way, in a huge way, you are in the crosshairs to lose that job. And so if I'm Kraft, I'm looking at 29 and 36 post Brady and saying, Bill, you just haven't won enough. You didn't win enough this year. 
You didn't win enough last year. We got into the playoffs in 2021 and got absolutely croaked by Buffalo. 2020 was a disaster with no backup plan for Tom Brady. So what have you done? Again, I genuinely asked those people who want Bill Belichick to remain in New England. What has Belichick done since Brady left that makes you want to keep him? What makes you believe? What makes you believe? And don't bring up what happened 2015, 2014, 2004. I'm talking about right now because you're making the decision in real time. Pete Pretorius comes in. If you fire a bill, you do risk a sharp drop-off in defensive quality. Depends on who the defensive coordinator is. Depends on how the defensive coaching staff is made up. Covington has done a fantastic job with the defensive line. Gerard Mayo has done a fantastic job when it comes to game planning. You could go out and get another defensive coordinator. Mike Larry jumps in and says those teams ain't getting rid of their coach and GM for Bill Belichick. How many years does he have left? Again, that's a question we will certainly address. Belichick, interest in him. There is reported interest in Belichick from multiple teams. Edward jumps in and says the Brady, the Patriot way was the Brady way. No Brady, no Patriot way. Uh, I'm not one of those people, by the way. I am not dismissing what Bill Belichick accomplished here in New England. I'm not. I think we can look at this and authentically say that he did a fantastic job his first 20 years. He did a really good job overall when it came to free agency. He did a good job drafting for a number of years. He won a ton of football games. He brought Brady in. He helped nurture Brady until Brady was ready to fully take this thing over. His defensive game plans helped shut down Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts. His game plan against the Rams in 2018 is the reason why they won that Super Bowl. I am not one of those people that says it was Brady or Belichick. And I know some would disagree with that. I know it's not sexy to do on radio or podcasts, but I couldn't care less. I'm telling you how I feel. My opinion is that both Brady and Belichick built that dynasty, not once, but twice. And if Belichick wasn't the defensive savant slowing down the opposition and Brady wasn't the best of all time at his position, then you would not have the totality of the success that this franchise had. I think you can say, like I'm saying today, it's time to move on from Bill Belichick without dismissing what he accomplished. That's just my opinion. I know many of you disagree. I know many of you would say, no way, it was all Brady. Back to Belichick. I appreciate and respect Mike Reese. And I was watching Mike yesterday on Zolak and Bertrand. And Mike mentioned that, hey, what if Bill goes into Kraft's office and says, we'll just have a 2007 offseason. Robert, I know where I went wrong. We need better talent. We need more wide receiver talent. We need a better offensive line. We need to invest heavily on that side of the football. We need a new quarterback. Here is my question to Mike Reese and those who say maybe he could just pull another 2007 out. Did we not go through that in 2021? Why does Belichick deserve a second bite of the apple? Robert Kraft allowed him to make the decision on Tom Brady. Brady left. He goes to Tampa. Bill Belichick had his opportunity. He had his chance. He he had the opportunity to rebuild this team, to rebuild this offense. 
and he spectacularly failed. So why should he deserve a second chance at that? You had your chance in 2021. You signed Nelson Aguilar. You signed John U. Smith. You drafted Mac Jones. So why should he deserve a second chance? What, so he could screw up again? And what happens if he screws up again this time? You have another three or four years that you're struggling and stink? You go through another three or four years of below 500 football? Belichick had the chance. He had four years to correct this program. He had four years to prove to the world that he could do this in 2021, 22, 23. Robert Kraft allowed him to keep the keys and drive this vehicle, and he drove it off the road, not defensively, offensively. So why should he deserve a second chance of building this offense, the offense that he has already destroyed, that he has decimated? Stanley jumps in and says, what about the last drafts of Belichick? What about him getting rid of, uh, you know, Tooney and Mason and Karras and destroying the O-line and drafting Cole Strange, useless wide receiver? We've gone through it, Stanley. You go back to 2015, 2015 to 2022, man, oh, man, those drafts sucked. And people will sit there and say, oh, well, offensively. No, both sides of the ball. Belichick has swung and missed massively on offense and defense in the draft. I'm talking about the big picture. We could always say, oh, that player worked out. This player worked out. In the big picture from 30,000 feet, Belichick has massively failed at drafting players offensively, defensively. And shoot, you can even count special teams moving up in the fourth round to draft Chad Ryland. Those are facts, not even opinion. Not an opinion. That is a fact. Tony M jumps in and says, you know, it's okay to miss on draft picks, but not when you are replacing guys that are doing the job well. You can't replace Tooney with Strange. The Tooney thing was a massive miss. The entire handling of that. The franchise tag, everything. Everything. The Charm City player says, I mean, the draft is a lottery. Yes, Brandon, it is. But it's, it's almost impossible to miss as much as Belichick has missed since 2015. We are talking about an eight-year sample size. I'm not going to drag on about that because I did a podcast on it. You can check it out on the channel, a prior podcast on Belichick's draft record since 2015. I have the numbers for you. I have the names for you. Check it out. And if you check it out and you come back to me and say, yeah, but it's a lottery. Yeah, every every GM misses. Then I'll agree to disagree. <laughs> but But I would suggest to go listen to that pod. I would also suggest to give us that thumbs up. More likes means more people watch this. More people watch, more people get involved. More comments happen. More dialogue to move forward. Not just about me, it's about all of you as well. More likes, more comments, more subscriptions. Please subscribe to the channel. It's the only way we are going to survive and do this thing. Next thing I'd like to say about Bill Belichick and why it's time to replace him. You need an offensive overhaul. And I do not believe that Belichick will allow the offensive overhaul to happen. And it begins with the scheme. This scheme, this system, we did a pod on this several weeks ago, is outdated. When you look at McDaniels in Vegas, he struggled, right? When you look at McDaniels in Denver, he struggled. 
When you look at this offense without Tom Brady, it has struggled. Wide receivers have struggled to learn the offense. It's more difficult for young guys to have an impact because this offense is so difficult. The timing, the precision, the amount that the quarterback has to do at the line of scrimmage. And I think Belichick, as we've seen for 20-plus years, is married to this offense. He is married to this offensive system. He believes in it. As a matter of fact, he believes in it so much that when he tried to move away from the system somewhat last year with the Shanahan system, he didn't go out and get another coach from that system. He kept his guys. He instead decided to keep Matt Patricia and Joe Judge to run an all-new offense. Think about that. Again, that alone, that decision alone, when you just look at the Brady decision and you look at the decision with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge last year, those decisions alone, I think, are fireable offenses for many people that have Belichick's title. But he was given four years. They knew they need to move away from this offensive scheme and system. There was no plan. There was no plan for offensive tackle. There's been no plan at tight end. It's when you look at it right now, Trent Brown, free agent, Michael Wenu, free agent, Calvin Anderson didn't work out. Riley Reef, as we all said, was washed. You have absolutely zero plan for offensive tackle. Every single one of your three tight ends going to be free agents this offseason. You have zero plan for the tight end position. You have one running back that's worth anything in Ramondre Stevenson, Zeke Elliott, has done a great job in his role, but he, of course, is aging, and he's going to be a free agent. You have no plan, and you continue to be conservative. Computer Cowboy, my guy who I follow on Twitter and X, Ben Baldwin, he actually posted a graphic this week. Win probability lost by the head coaches per game. Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots are worse than that category. The Patriots and Belichick have had a 4.5% less shot of winning because of the decisions that Belichick has made on fourth down. I'll say it again. Bill Belichick analytically has been the worst head coach in football when it comes to fourth down decisions and win probability. He has made it tougher on his team to win consistently this year based on the decisions that he has made on fourth down, been worse than Indy, been worse than Cincy, been worse than Vegas, been worse than Minnesota, has been worse than every other team in the league. That's his approach. That's who he is as a head coach. That's who he's been since 2012. That's not going to change. He's not going to change his stripes. So even if you bring in new offensive players, a new quarterback, even if you tweak the offensive line, you find new offensive tackles, that conservative head coach and Bill Belichick, the guy that's been there for 11, 12 years running, is going to continue to approach the game of football the way he's approached it this year, which has been the worst fourth decision, fourth down decision-making head coach in football. How about this? I would also replace Bill Belichick because he's been unwilling to go outside of his circle of trust for his coaching staff. I just mentioned, kept Patricia, kept Joe Judge to run a brand new offense, which was insane. And Bill Barnwell wrote about this. You look at the offensive line, Adrian Clem brought him in. Why? Because he knows Clem. Clem played here. Brought back Bill O'Brien because he knows O'Brien. Had the opportunity 
to move on to a, a new offensive coordinator with new ideas, a new system to boost things up a little bit. But he stayed with what he knows. And that's what we've learned from Bill Belichick. He stays with what he knows. He stays in his comfort zone. Bill Barnwell wrote this a month or two ago. Something was peculiar about the candidates Belichick interviewed to replace Patricia and Judge. Each of the offensive coordinator options were qualified in their own way, but Belichick spoke to O'Brien, Patriots tight ends coach Matt Cayley, Vikings wide receivers coach Keenan McCardle, then Cardinals wideouts coach Sean Jefferson, and Oregon run game coordinator Adrian Clem, who of course would later join as the O-line coach. All of those coaches have something in common. They already knew Belichick. When you look at the rest of Belichick's staff, Barnwell writes, it fits into a few groups. The Patriots have two coaches who used to be coaches under Belichick before leaving and returning. They have six coaches who were members of the organization as players, including Clem and Gerard Mayo. They have two of Belichick's children on the defensive side of the ball. Six other coaches on the staff have no pro experience outside of working under Belichick. The only exceptions are Will Long, who coached under O'Brien at Penn State and with the Texans, and Evan Rothstein, who worked under Patricia with the Lions before following him to New England. This entire coaching staff is incestuous. Troy Brown, Cam Acord, Adrian Clem, Bill O'Brien, all of these guys have played for or coached with Belichick. That's it. It's the entire staff. And so why would he change so dramatically and turn this thing around and say, we need new ideas. We need ingenuity. Belichick has his guys, and that's fine. But when things start to decline and you keep just going with your guys, that becomes a problem. Have the Crafts got money to spend? Yes, they do. They pay Belichick $25 million a year. They have money to spend. Mike Larry jumps in and says, first-time offensive coaches to run the Shanahan scheme. Let that sink in. Indeed, let it sink in. Tony M., if Bill O'Brien leaves and Belichick stays, what are the chances of McDaniels being back as OC about 100%? We'll get to this idea of people just wanting to recycle some of these coaches. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up. Don't forget to comment. Don't forget to subscribe. The Patriots need to change the think tank because right now it's a tank of all similar fish. They're all the same. They all think the same way, or most of them. Most of them think the same way. Most of them speak the same way. Most of them approach the game the same way. Most of them believe in Bill Belichick. Most of them are yes men. It's a giant think tank of that. Nolan jumps in. Agree 100%, spot on. Not sure about what, but thank you. <laughs> All right, so let's get into some of the pushback that I've seen out there. And I will respond with my thought on why I think some of these pushbacks are wrong. I've heard this. Nick, there's no guarantee the next guy will be better. Well, person X. There's also no guarantee that person won't be better than what Belichick has done the past four years. And how about this? How about you miss out on the next guy? 
What if you hold on to Belichick because you're afraid of the devil that you don't know and you rather keep the devil that you do know and you miss out on a golden opportunity to hire the next Sean McVay? What about that? We're so afraid of how things could go more wrong instead of looking at this optimistically and saying, what if they go tremendously right? There's no guarantee the next guy will be better. That's true. There's no guarantee he won't be much better or just better. Here's another thing I've heard. You don't want to get in this cycle that bad teams get into. You get into this cycle of just, you know, bad teams. They pick the wrong quarterback. They have the, the wrong head coach. Two or three years later, they have to go to another quarterback, another head coach. I've heard that. How about this? What if you keep Belichick and the same damn thing happens in 2024 that's happened the last two years? What if the same damn thing happens in 2024 that's happened three of the prior four years? What if this is just the decline? What if Belichick comes back next year and the entire thing looks similarly and you end up winning five or six games? All you've done is kick the can down the road with no guarantee of finding somebody else. And again, what happens if the right guy is out there this offseason and you swing and miss because you're just afraid that that guy can't do it better than Bill Belichick? Belichick post Brady, 29 and 36. You can't find somebody to coach this team better than 29 and 36. So what happens if you keep Belichick, this whole cycle idea? It remains bad. What happens if it remains bad? You wasted a year because you gave them a fifth chance to prove the football world wrong. How about this? Oh, it's the quarterback's fault. Remind me, who drafted Mac Jones? And don't give me Robert Kraft. We've discussed that prior. Robert Kraft did not draft Mac Jones. It's a fallacy. Never been reported. No one's ever said that. Nothing legitimate that is out there tells us that. Bill Belichick has made the personnel calls with this football team. So if you want to blame the quarterback, who drafted the quarterback? Who was in charge of the quarterback's quote-unquote development that went so wrong? Who made this offensive line trash? Who decided to bring in a bunch of twos and threes at wide receiver instead of bringing in a true one? Who did that? Who failed to surround that franchise quarterback that you thought you drafted? Who decided to go to a different offensive system but have Patricia and Judge coach that system? Who did that? Is that the quarterback's fault? My fault? Your fault? Or Belichick's fault? Here's another pushback. Yeah, but Nick, they've lost so many close games. First of all, that's the nature of the league. The nature of the league is one-score games. I think it's like 60% of NFL games are decided by one score or less. Or one score, that makes no sense. One score or less. <laughs> or no, it does. I guess it does. 60%. So the majority of NFL games are tight games, folks. The difference is if you win or lose those close games. And the Patriots have lost a lot of those close games. And I would also argue, maybe those games would not have been as close if Belichick was more aggressive. We go back to what I said earlier. The most conservative coach in football this year on fourth down. Maybe, just maybe, if Belichick showed a little bit of guts on fourth down and went for it a little more often, then you'd score more points and maybe these games wouldn't be as close. Did we ever think of that? 
Did we ever think that Belichick is actually creating these close games by the very way he coaches, by the essence of his philosophy? Or are we just wrapped up in this idea that they play a lot of close games? They had a chance to win that one. They had a chance to win that one. Yeah, guess what? They also had chances to lose games as well. Because of Belichick's approach, because of his philosophy, because of this offense, what they do is they play close games. It's the nature of this football team. And he's lost the majority of those. Here's one last thought. What if Bill wants to leverage this year coming up to get another year on his contract? Because this is something we've got to remember. Give us that like. Takes a second of your time. I would very much appreciate it. Like, comment, subscribe, listening on Spotify, Apple Pods, rate and review. Here's one thing we have to remember. Bill Belichick's contract reportedly ends after 2024. Do you think Belichick is willing to walk into that office after the Jets game and tell Robert Kraft that he is willing to coach as a lame duck? Do you think Belichick wants to be a lame duck head coach? Does anybody think that? What if Belichick wants to try to get an extra year or two out of this? Are you comfortable and confident that Bill Belichick is the right guy for the job in 2025, 2026, even if you're kind of sort of still with him in 2024? Hmm? You willing? What happens if Belichick wins six or seven games next year and he gets even closer to Don Shula? Is Robert Kraft going to feel like he has to bring Belichick back so Belichick breaks the record at Gillette Stadium or with the Patriots? So this might not be a one-year marriage if you say yes to Belichick returning. Understand that, appreciate it. And if you're willing to live with it, you and I disagree. Quickly, if they move on, who comes in? Well, Ian Rappaport and Tom Palacero of uh, NFL Media reported that Josh McDaniels and Brian Flores could be two names that the Patriots are interested in. McDaniels, no way. Get out of here with that. Stop it. He's been Belichick light everywhere he's gone. He handles things very much like Belichick. You would not be changing a thing with Josh McDaniels. He's rubbed players the wrong way in Denver. He rubbed players the wrong way in Vegas. The Raiders were throwing a parade when Josh McDaniels was fired by Mark Davis. You want to bring him in to lead this program after what we've seen the past couple of years? That's the guy? He's been bad in-game with his decision-making, bad clock management. He is also bad when it comes to field goals and fourth-down decisions, like Belichick's been the, the last few years. And, and why would you ever bring in Josh McDaniels, the guy who has a combined record of 20-33 and 33 as an NFL head coach? <laughs> Come on. Stop it. Aaron jumps in and says, Belichick needs four years minimum to get the wins record. Good luck with that. Mike Larry says, Chiefs and Bills down year, we still don't measure up. That's really frustrating. Down year in the AFC. So how about Brian Flores to replace Belichick? I'm not writing that off. I am not writing off Brian Flores. When you look at Miami, okay, Brian Flores, he went 5 and 11 as a rookie head coach. Then he went 10 and 6, then he went 9 and 8. He was 24 and 25 overall with Miami. 3 years, small sample size. 
But his biggest issue in Miami is that he did not agree with Chris Greer, the GM, and he was not a fan of Tua Tungavailoa. That was his biggest issue. That, that was why he was let go in Miami. It wasn't because necessarily he was a bad coach. It was that he f- philosophically and fundamentally disagreed with the GM about who should be the quarterback and, and what the team should look like. And you would hope that if you brought Flores in, he'd be aligned with the new GM, whoever that would be. Here's what I like about Flores. He went outside the circle, right? When, when he was gone from Miami, he didn't just go right back to New England. And yes, there was the tech stuff and all of that, but from what I have heard and read, that wouldn't be much of an issue. Flores went outside the circle. He went to Pittsburgh to work with Mike Tomlin, and he's been in Minnesota with Kevin O'Connell. He is somebody who has embraced difference. He has embraced working with other coaching staffs. He's embraced different ideas. I do understand that a defensive mind is going to be a very, very hard sell. The Patriots have gone with a defensive-minded head coach every year since 1989. Think about that. The last time the Patriots had an offensive-minded head coach, it was 1989. I don't know how many of you were even born. So I'm not writing Flores off. McDaniels, thanks, but no thanks. All right, so there it is. My case to replace Bill Belichick. I hope all of you enjoyed it. I hope all of you, even if you disagree with me, you understand my reasoning. I hope that I you know, made a case to replace Belichick. That made sense, reasonable. You can continue to leave your comments. Don't forget to like us. Give us that thumbs up. Do not forget to subscribe. Everybody who's jumped in recently, subscribe to the show. That's the only way we are going to survive. If you're listening on Apple Pods and Spotify, rate and review as well. That'll do it on this hump day. Hopefully everybody enjoyed this show. We're back tomorrow with more Patriots, more Boston sports talk. Until then, it is the Nick Cattle Show.